0: We go. podcast okay. testing testing spider-man spider-man does whatever spider can
1: i want to go home uh, where do you record my home
0: Uh, Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospective. We're here talking about Spider-Man. And today we're talking about the most controversial entry in the series to date, somehow. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3, technically. I say technically because it is well known uh, in the history of the world and politics that Sam Raimi was not in love with the script for this film. He was not in love with the character of Venom. And when you're making a film, as Sam Raimi will attest to, you should probably love everything about the story you're making. Uh, It just kind of helps things, if we're being honest. This is a divisive film. Its history is well documented on the internet. It made Empire's top 50 worst movies ever made list, which is ridiculous. Um, If you've seen like five movies, I could see why you would think that. I actually really like Spider-Man 3.
1: Good for you. How are you, Matt? I'm not great. No. I'm sorry to in hear mood. that. I'm in a mood. Mm. I've had—I don't know what it is, but it, it feels like before we started recording this episode, I had this other voice just jam- like ch- chipping away in my head, just babbling incoherently, making idiotic points that just didn't make any sense for almost <laughs> two hours, and now I got to do a podcast with you.
0: It has nothing to do with the fact that we recorded Spider-Man 2 and 3 back-to-back?
1: No, I'm talking about something unrelated. (laughs) This happens to cover the exact same amount of time. Oh, okay, good. You had me concerned there for a second.
0: You should be. What what are your thoughts about Spider-Man 3? When you first
1: saw it, do you remember your your time and place, what you reacted to? You know what's what's crazy? I realized something sitting down to watch Spider-Man 3. Not only did I not own Spider-Man 3. I don't think I've seen Spider-Man 3 since its 2007 release. Hmm. And I don't know how that happened. <laughs> and it was shocking because I remembered so much of this movie. i was watching it, I knew basically the whole movie. But I think I only watched it that one time in 2007. And uh, I wasn't in love with it then. And I'm not in love with it now, but I don't <laughs> hate it. Um, it's fine. But I think what makes it... What makes me go like, I, I don't want to give it a pass in any way, because there's a lot of good ideas in it. There's a lot of interesting stuff, but it's really a mess, honestly. And what makes me not want to give it I'm not putting blame on it, because everyone wants a hero and a villain, although we do have a good villain in this story. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, to me, it's just... I know all the people behind this could have done a better movie than they made. That's all it really comes down to. As
0: someone who is a fan of this movie, I would also agree. That makes it
1: worse, in my opinion. It it does hurt it, for sure. Because it's not... This movie isn't even full of, like, bad stuff. It's just not... It just doesn't do enough with its good stuff. I mean... It's it's a frustrating
0: movie. I revisited it re- like for the first time uh, a couple years ago for like the tenth anniversary, and since then I've re- I've revisited it a couple more times. But really, the, the the big takeaway was that it's more frustrating than genuinely bad. There's bad stuff. Yeah, you
1: yeah. Know, well, all the stuff I that, 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 that you normally hear about this movie are all for the most part those complaints I find very tiresome. But the stuff you're less about is just. Again, it's it, it, this movie is mostly a mess with stories that are constantly stopping and starting that don't flow into each other very well. It's kind of uh, what what happened with Spider-Man 1,
0: with Spider-Man and the Green Goblin's origins being a separate thing and then colliding eventually. Except but that it happens, happens like for like, six
1: <laughs> times. <laughs> I was going to say five, but yeah. It happens a lot. To me, honestly, what's weird is that um, I, I'm willing to bet everyone was probably taken off guard by how either poorly it fit together or how poorly it was received, because it honestly sounds like they had a very similar production to this that they had on 2, because 2 kind of sounded like a bit of a mess that they like pulled out in the end and they made you know what Roger Ebert called the best superhero film ever made. And here it sounds like they kind of followed a very similar process and then it just didn't work this time. <laughs> like the, the, the stars just didn't align at the last minute like they normally did. Again, there's a lot of interesting ideas. Honestly, this, this movie it's a lot. There's a lot of big ideas in this about like moral relativism, and predeterminism, and just like the idea of the self. But it it's it none of it is interesting enough to carry the whole movie, which is shocking because those sound like pretty big ideas to deal with. <laughs> but we constantly have to like forget about one story to complete another, you know. Yeah. And that that becomes very tiresome as the movie goes on. And you know what? I'm even willing to
0: to contend that it's not that there are too many characters, it's that they're too separate for too long Mm. of the film. I, I think there's a way to even tie all of these stories together. Yeah. So I don't really buy into that whole
1: too many villains complaint anymore even. It's just, it is very messy. One thing I will say about this movie is that For one, it's shocking where the story is at an hour into the film. You mean not very far? Well, yeah, but like almost a completely new story starts exactly one hour into the movie. And there's almost 90 minutes left, so it's enough time to just do a whole new movie. And then this movie starts what will become a tradition for later superhero films that I think sink many of them, which is the 30-minute long final fight. Which is very not good in this.
0: It's not emotionally interesting.
1: There's no emotional climax of this movie. There's an emotional conclusion. But I wouldn't say an emotional climax.
0: Well, I'll even say that it kind of works for me. Just because this is me kind of softballing the movie, I'll admit. But because of where these characters wind up in their lives. With each other or like apart. That everyone's just, like, emotionally devastated. No one knows what to do about anything anymore. It kind of elevates the movie in an accidental way for me. Because all they can do by the end of it is just kind of like, well, let's see if we can try to set things right for once. And uh, I, I, that is not
1: what the movie needed to end on, I don't think. With Without, uh, without giving it away, I do like that the movie kind of lingers for a little bit at the end um and doesn't give like a neat conclusion to things but i still it's just i don't know it's too much it really is this movie there's just way too much going on in it i'm not sure if it's too many characters it's just too many storylines that never meet up you know Mm Mm-hmm. it's
0: uh could i read you a quote from sam raimi when he was developing the character of peter parker for this film mm mm-hmm The most important thing Peter Parker right now has to learn is that this whole concept of him as the Avenger or him as the hero. He wears this red and blue outfit. With each criminal he brings to justice, he's trying to pay down this debt of guilt he feels about the death of Uncle Ben. He considers himself a hero and a sinless person versus these villains that he nabs. We felt it would be a great thing for him to learn a little less black and white view of life and that he's not above
1: these people. That's a great thing to just drop into the movie an hour in and then only explore for about 10 minutes. In a nutshell, that's a great idea for for the film. Yes. No, honestly, <laughs> that's the movie works for a couple minutes. It
0: works in fits and starts, and the overall movie does work for me.
1: I'll be honest. You know what movie has reminded me of? Dark Knight Rises. BVS. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, we're going places now. Yeah, it very much reminded me of BVS. You know, it just, that movie didn't work for me because I felt it was a mess. And this movie doesn't work for me because I felt it was a mess. And maybe, you know, that's entirely, you know, it just doesn't have what I watch movies for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, other people can get around that, apparently. (laughs) Because everyone tells me that BVS is a secret masterpiece. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I was very, I was very disappointed because there were, there, were all like every now and then there'd be like a moment where I was like, "All right, now we're getting somewhere," and I get, it would get really interesting for like five minutes, and then it would just stop, <laughs> and it just kept happening, and I it just lost me after a while.
0: Um, over the course of the release of Spider-Man Two,
1: uh, Ivan Raimi wrote the first
0: treatments over a span of two months. And yeah, with
1: with with Sam Sam like oversaw it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and they wanted to you, like you said you, you mentioned you had the quote about you know kind of they wanted to explore that Peter wasn't just some senseless vigilante you know um, yeah. and that he wasn't also you know devoid of sin um and that there won't that there can be humanity because at this point there had been a lot of black and whiteness in this series um, even with very um, sympathetic villains, they weren't necessarily villains that were doing something for a good reason, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, there were also, they so basically the two plans were to go with that, revisit Uncle Ben's death, um, and then there were plans to conclude uh, Harry Osborn's story arc. And the villains were going to be Sandman and the Vulture. And they even talked to Ben Kingsley a little bit about playing the Vulture. Oh, that would have been so good. But instead we met we meet the true villain of Spider Man, Aviarod.
0: Who we just literally talked about in Spider Man two as making a good decision to avoid a not great idea for a young Dr. Octopus. Not a great idea.
1: This will be the last time I will speak positively about his work on these films. And he he, he basically forced uh, Venom into this film, which I know everyone knows about. Um And it's not even that, like, you know, I don't even think the problem would be taking Venom out. It's just that what they end up... Venom only becomes a thing, like, at the very end. (laughs) It's so ridiculous that he's like, yes, finally, Spider-Man. And it's like, we haven't met before. Uh, But the symbiote stuff, I actually think, is handled moderately well. There's some good ideas in it. There's a lot of good ideas in this movie. And they just never come together. That's the thing. I think it's Altman, maybe it's Robert Altman, I could be saying, but there's a quote from a director where he talks about how working on a movie, it's just like, it feels like everything is going wrong, that nothing's working, you can't get any of your ideas, but then when you sit down to make it, the thing just happens, that's the quote. And this is like the opposite of that, Aww. where the thing just doesn't happen, you know? Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, and that seems to be true, like, you know, there's a lot of movies out there, where they, there's a lot of passion and a lot of belief put into it and a lot of people working hard, and it just never comes together. I would honestly say that's BVS's problem. Um, I just watched John Carter for the first time, <laughs> and that's definitely that movie's problem.
0: I got a soft spot for that one.
1: Too. I do, I do too, but it's also, it just it's never, like, it totally makes sense why it flopped. Like, it's a movie literally made for, like, me and three other people. (laughs) And I I don't blame other people for not liking it. It's not, like, one of those ones where it's, like, everyone should appreciate Mad Max Fury Road. But, like, not, like, John (laughs) Carter is, like, a very narrow thing. Um, As I would say, I would even apply that to something that I genuinely like, like, The Dark Knight, where there are certain people that that movie is not for, and I can't blame them for not being into it. Another Avi Arad suggestion was to finally bring in Gwen Stacy. And, but that worked a little better because they, the script I guess they were working on, Sam Raimi had already been developing a quote-unquote other girl that they just kind of fit in the Gwen Stacy character into. And then Alvin Sargent was given all these pieces and being like, you figure it out. <laughs> Poor guy. And he was, get, he was paid, hey, no, not poor guy, because he was paid seven figures for this fucking movie. Never mind. And uh, he was given an option to write a fourth film. And he was so overwhelmed by the disparate plot elements that he even considered splitting the movie into two films. But then he, he couldn't find an intermediate climax for the story. So he just, he's like, I can't do it. And he didn't find an actual climax either, to be honest.
0: Oh,
1: I will get there. We'll get there. We'll it's get there. okay, but that's all this movie is.
0: <laughs> there are some of the best action set pieces, like in the first half of this movie, that
1: I've ever seen. There are there are some good ones. Uh, I, I don't the really like the first round. I, 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 I guess because yeah. uh, you know I don't really the like movie, the, first green the movie. The movie kind of hops around too yeah I don't really like the first green goblin fight
0: um it's that one's that one's weird for me it's got like it's got spurts and starts too like the the story itself, but some moments are just like so visually like stunning and thrilling like you're swooping in and out of these places and it ends weird that's that's the thing that one ends weird for me uh with the whole amnesia
1: thing yeah which i I have a big problem with that as a plot point, but it does get started. Something where one of the themes of this movie is like, what makes you as a human being? Because <laughs> we're constantly getting characters who forget who they are in a way. Like, Thomas Aiden Church plays the Sandman in this. Um, and I like Thomas Aiden Church, but he kind of feels lost in this movie at times. Um, I, and- I thought he was really good. There are moments of brilliance, but it's there's a couple times where it's like, I mean, the movie forgets about him. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I get the feeling he was on set sometimes being like, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> I know he's one of those actors who's like, what's my motivation? So you get the sense that there was some problems like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, really quick, for more, more uh, Thomas Hayden church love, go check out Divorce on HBO. He's very good hey, in that.
1: Sure, I haven't seen it. I do not oh. endorse it. Okay. <laughs> You would like it. Maybe. I like Barry. Barry's good. I just finished oh, Barry. Barry's fucking amazing. Barry's very good. Yeah. Things are good. <laughs> Including Spider Man 3. Yes. I'm going to ask MJ to marry
0: me. A man has to put his wife before himself. Can you do that, Peter? Yeah. I think I can. We have some new information. This is your uncle's actual killer. We lost his trail two days ago. This man killed my uncle, and he's still out there.
1: Everybody needs help sometimes, Peter. Even Spider-Man. 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 Fuck this movie. No, no, no. Nah, no, nah, don't fuck this movie. It's fine. I just, I don't know. I was, I, because again, alright, so we get this character, we get all these characters. Harry gets amnesia very early on, and forgetting, like, his father, forgetting who he is, forgetting that he knows who Spider Man is, f- completely changes his personality. <laughs> and, he, like, he picks up painting at one point, and he becomes, like, a fun, nice guy, and you kind of get a picture of, like, hey, maybe this is what this guy would have ended up like if he didn't have this, like, burden of his father hanging over him like this awful relationship and it like brings up all these interesting questions about like how much our parents like determine our lives beyond our control and then you get the sandman who literally falls apart and has to rebuild himself as a new person Uh, so he's got to rebuild himself he's also this criminal he you know he says at one point he says at the end of the movie which is a good time to bring this up Um, that he got into this for good reasons, but he ended up in a place that he didn't mean to. And so he's, he doesn't know who he is anymore. And then we also learn at some point that Uncle Ben wasn't killed by that guy in the first movie. It was actually the Sandman. And that, like, completely undercuts how Spider-Man has viewed himself for the past couple years, you know? Like, Peter has an identity crisis, and MJ as well. Everyone's having, like, all these identity crises about who they are. And they can't talk to each other about it. And it just, it's not, like, that's very interesting and it just doesn't work. <laughs> um, I just, I was so, like, all right, it's going somewhere and it never did.
0: <laughs> I think the opening like, of the film and the ending of the film are some of the best stuff in the series and the middle, which is a long middle.
1: It was working for me until the meteorite with the venom thing in it landed. One of the few good YouTubers out there. I really like, uh,
0: the, the unusual suspect, I think his name is. He has a great bit on the Raimi Mm. trilogies. He's also a big fan of them. And, uh, (laughs) he was like trying to discover why they would just write that in because these are clearly talented writers, you know, and so the whole thing is like, oh yeah, the, the symbiote comes down because God. <laughs> like, that's basically what it is. Like, fate or
1: something. I don't know, destiny maybe. What, yeah, we don't really have you, an answer. You almost get this idea that it's a fuck you to AVIAR ride. <laughs> like, we're going to find the laziest way to incorporate this. And that's the other frustrating thing. It doesn't feel like this should be... It there, We have these, like, several independent storylines going on of, like, Peter wants to marry MJ, Harry is the new Green Goblin, Sandman exists, and a meteorite hits with the symbiote inside. And, like, they they, those are, like, there's, like, five different things. (laughs) And I feel like there's a way they could have tied that together better, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, how hard would it have been to be, like, He's te- like, you know, to tie the Green Goblin storyline into the Sandman storyline a little bit, like just a little bit, just to make it a little smoother as a story. Not that he accidentally falls into this sand machine. That's, that's a little silly, but you know what? I,
0: that one I can, I can get on that wavelength for. I can, but like, I, I, it loses me after a while. Cause
1: stuff like that just keeps happening, <laughs> you know, it's like one after the other for like the first 30 minutes of this fucking movie and again i didn't really hate it there's not really enough here to hate like i don't get people who walk away from this being like this ruins spider-man because it doesn't it's just it's watching it and being like how did the people who made this make spider-man 2 that's really all you're asking the whole time because that movie is like so it just it works so well and this one just is a lot choppier and when you have Spider-Man 2 behind you, it's like, I know they can do better. And this is a, like, it's bigger than, like, one step backwards from Spider-Man 2. Uh, it's it's about a hopscotch. <laughs> it's it's a step back from Spider-Man 1, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's clearly the weakest of the three. Hmm. Um, but a, a couple things. Uh, can we get into the Sandman thing now? Yeah, sure. All right. Wow,
1: those special effects are real good. All right, we're done.
0: <laughs> no, no, the, the the special effects are very good, but it's it's one of the most visually, emotionally expressive sequences in this era of of VFX heavy films. You know,
1: no, no, that's a that's a great moment that no movie today would have. <laughs> a scene where we just see the Sandman become the Sandman, because so many movies now like start with our hero and villain already heroes and villains. And I kind of like being able to jump into stuff like that, but there's a real um,
0: texture to this story. I think
1: even with all its many, many flaws
0: and disparate plot
1: threads. Well, it's um, it's the, it's the theme realized visually because he's, mm-hmm. he literally reconstructs himself and he does it around the necklace mm-hmm. of his, of his dying daughter that he's, he's been robbing people to raise money for.
0: Yeah.
1: It, it, it's um, yeah. That's the whole story right there. And you don't get that. <laughs> everyone's doing that in this movie. everyone's getting torn down and rebuilding themselves. That's the whole movie. It's right there in one scene, visual. It's really good. It's better than the movie it's in. <laughs> it's hard to keep playing bad cop, but like I was disappointed. No, yeah, it it is a disappointment. Because but... it was because honestly, you know, because the internet condition like every the internet makes everything either like a hundred percent great or like a hundred percent bad. And the frustrating thing with this is that it's so close to being something, and it just never gets there.
0: Uh, I want to talk about another very flood aspect of the film, and that is Topher Grace as Eddie Brock. I'm going to say that I think he's actually pretty good when he's just Eddie Brock. Once, once the symbiote
1: comes on, he's out of his depth a little bit, and that's not on him. It's a mistake there. I don't know why they didn't just stick to the Venom look. Maybe it just didn't look very well. But, again, if they didn't, then Peter would be like, who are you? Why am I fighting you? (laughs)
0: Um,
1: But he he, he still kind of is like that. Um, No, honestly, I really like Topher Grace as like a scumbag in like the first half of this movie. But he's a very, once he's actually in the Venom suit, it's a letdown. It's like they forced Venom into this movie, and then they didn't deliver. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So honestly, you it, know, it, it, I almost feel like maybe Sam Raimi was like self sabotaging.
0: I'm glad you said that because I've I've kind of had that theory for a long time. Mm-hmm. The problem is I, I'm too big a fan to ever consider the sabotage. I like it too much. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, he, he's he's very good in in the the first half of the movie. Maybe even a little bit towards the third. Uh, like there's this really awkwardly powerful moment where he goes to, into the church to pray to God to kill Peter Parker? That was really funny. It's <laughs> like, holy um, shit, dude, get help.
1: Well, part of it is that, you know, um, symbiote Spider-Man made Venom, basically, so, mm-hmm. in more ways than one, but, it, that, uh, whatever. Jesus no, 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 you're, you're onto something, keep going. No, no, it's just, it's not that interesting. <laughs> Honestly, it's just not, like, I'm, I'm working about as hard as this fucking movie worked. And I mean, we, the, ugh, fuck this movie. Sorry, I'm not, I took so many notes on a movie that went nowhere. It's not fun when that happens. Because, like, honestly, it's like, there's pieces here for a good movie, and it, it's just not this movie. Um, and that's not a really interesting take, because I'm basically just saying, like, you know. <sighs> Another thing that I really don't like, even though like I would say it makes a little more sense than maybe some people get a bit credit for, um, but the engineering of the breakup between MJ and Peter, um, which I'm just not a fan of as a plot point. Uh, I just you know it feels like writers they only understand relationships when they're forming and falling apart.
0: I'll go even further and say that. No, most people do not even understand how to write a relationship falling apart because so much of fictional romance that, like, details that is just awful a lot of
1: the time. What almost saves this is that they they kind of break up because Peter's going to propose and it doesn't go well, and I'll talk about that scene in more detail maybe later, but um, we basically get the feeling that they're on a break, but it's not a breakup, you know? Mm-hmm. And we even are given indication that, like, you know, she's had her time, she almost starts a thing with Harry but realizes it's a mistake, and they're gonna reach out and maybe finally talk after a while. And we even have a moment where she goes to talk to him, but he's all influenced by the symbiote suit, and, like, is, now he's the one who's closed off, and... Then, but then he also realizes the mistake. So there's like one moment where they can finally get together again. But then Harry, as the Green Goblin, comes in and he's like, "No, I'm forcing you to break up with him." Is it weird that I was actually kind of into that? It's fine. No, it's it's, yeah. it's, it's it. Honestly, it kind of works. And then it goes somewhere because then it's like Harry's like, "I'm the other guy." And then Peter throws a pumpkin bomb at him, and that storyline ends for 30 minutes.
0: The, the, the way it plays
1: out after is so weird because it just stops. It's another moment where I'm like, finally, it's going somewhere. And it's working, and I'm into it. And then it just stops. And I mean, and all, before that, we, we get, like, Sandman's introduced. Sand, they don't know what to do with Sandman for, like, a huge chunk of this movie. He doesn't even need to be here. Like, you kind of need that in that moment of Peter realizing that someone else killed Uncle Ben. Like, you need that for plot reasons and for the emotional arc. We don't see Sandman planning. Like, why is he robbing anything? What's going on? Where is he hiding out? What's, what's his ultimate goal? Like, we get that it's something to do with his daughter, but, like, is she even curable? Like, we never even established that. <laughs>
0: what f- yeah. Like, what's she sick with? Or right, any- anything. Um, I- I'm kind of into the idea that he has nowhere to go, you know? Like, mm. punctuated by the end of the film where he just... Drifts off into sand.
1: We're also talking about, in the last movie, Dr. Octopus robbing banks and being able to buy lab equipment. So, like, I'm willing to, like, suspend disbelief about, like, how he could pay doctors for her medical treatment. hmm But it just doesn't seem to go anywhere. And I will say, like, the Sandman action in this is probably the best action in the movie. Like, I really love when he, like, just, he's, like, the giant Sandman, like, punches, like, all the cop cars.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a lot of
1: fun. The armored car fight, like, starts really good, and then, like, you're like, oh, wait, it's over. <laughs> um, my favorite action scene in the movie, and still
0: the last maybe great action scene, we were talking about last time in Spider-Man 2, like, when's the last time a movie had action this good in the superhero genre? It's Spider-Man 3 gets close with the, the tunnel fight scene with Sandman and Spider-Man, I think is seriously out- outstanding. What do you want from me? Remember Ben Parker? The old man you shot down in cold blood? What does it matter to you anyway? Uh... Swoops in and out around those tunnels, around the trains. Sandman like deteriorating and regrowing himself. It's, it's just like it was. I, I was thought it was really amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's kind of the last great action scene in the movie. The, the other ones are good. They're solid. Um, I like the fight with Peter and Harry in Harry's apartment. It's a good physical. Oh yeah.
1: About- no, I like that. Like that literally goes through the mirror. Like- <laughs> yeah. There's so much going on in that fight, like (laughs) metaphorically, like. But. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm disappointed because I wanted it to be like one of those like, oh, this is actually good. I will like revisiting this, and now I'll be like, I can probably wait another ten years.
0: Oh.
1: You know. Yeah.
0: Uh, On things that I actually am more your wavelength on in terms of like not liking this movie too much, um, the Gwen Stacy character I don't think actually works at all um i like bryce dallas bryce dallas howard a lot she's a really good actress and i'm
1: glad she's found a lot of success she's gaming this um she keeps ending up in movies that i absolutely hate but (laughs) but she's
0: not the problem
1: is what she's not the problem in those movies usually Um, actually i can't think if she's ever been like a problem like as like a bad performance but no, she's I think she's one of the more reliable uh, actresses working today. She's maybe the best part of the village,
0: but that's not saying a lot. Oh we're not getting into that, you fucking coward.
1: White flight the movie. <laughs> um and this God, is the weirdest thing. Fucking village. Uh this is the weirdest thing when I was God just, damn it, burn man. It, just burn it down.
0: This was the weirdest thing. I just um, rewatched revi- revisiting signs this movie. And no, signs no, really held up.
1: No, signs signs holds up tremendously. Oh, no, signs is great. There you go. No, it's not great, but it no, holds up. It
0: it, it is. Um, God damn. One of the weirdest things revisiting this was like and people you know, don't the whole fucking thing, get the whole About saying, venom, about being forced Shyamalan I'm gonna kill you.
1: <laughs> I, people are like, people don't get it. No one gets it out there. I'm God's angry man. <laughs> I'll shoot you. One day rain is gonna come and wash away <laughs> this film, Twitter. <laughs> are you done? I didn't like this. I didn't like this movie, Diego. I could tell. Can I go home now? <laughs> no. Like <laughs> I um, on the pier in Jaws. It's weird that Venom was forced
0: into the movie, but I thought, like, thematically, his stuff kind of tracks
1: for uh, for Peter Parker stuff, at least for the first, well, hour and a half, maybe? And well, then, definitely like... with the identity crisis thing, and then, like, he literally starts becoming dependent on the Spider-Man suit, in a way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, I gotta point out one brilliant thing is that whenever they cut to a POV shot of Venom, of the symbiote, like, creeping up on people, um... They play the sound effect and I couldn't like it sounded very familiar I was trying to think. It's the sound effect when the pod people are growing in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake. Oh, which one? He, um the 70s one. Oh, I, I didn't catch that at all. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very brief like because it, it took me a minute and then I finally fig- I finally realized what it was. Oh, that's fucking um, great. That's a great movie. So, that that is yeah, better yeah. than Spider-Man 3. And it's very fitting for the what they're doing with the Venom stuff. I like that in interviews they say, like, Sam Raimi was hesitant to put Venom in the film, but he eventually came around to the character. And by come around to the character, they mean he fundamentally changed the character to fit his sensibilities more. (laughs) And you know what? This is my favorite version of Venom ever. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're not wrong. He yeah. understands that there's a lot of potential with Venom that no one ever capitalized on. Yeah. I was a little harsh on the Venom
0: movie that came out last year at the time of this recording. Because uh, it's, bad. I, it's, it's bad? It's bad. Sure, I'm not going to say it's good. Um, But the big thing is that, like, yeah, they don't do anything interesting with Venom as a character. They kind of turn him into, like, a Little Shop of Horrors comedy sidekick, which an idea mm. that's not actually terrible. It's just the movie's not very good, you know? Yeah. Um. But here, yeah, they're exploring things relating to the characters, themes, the, the, the tragedy. It's, it, it's, it's almost there. All, all the pieces are in this movie. That's, that's, what, that's what this podcast is coming down to. It's, it's, it's all there, just not quite. Not quite. Um, Christopher Young would replace Danny Elfman for the music score on this too uh, because Danny Elfman and Sam Raimi did not get along on Spider-Man 2. They had a lot of conflicts, I guess. Really? Yeah, um, He, he and, showed up for
1: interviews for the behind-the-scenes stuff.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just with Sam Raimi that he didn't want to work with, or I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. That's weird because they that.
1: have a they they have a long career together, mm-hmm.
0: and he came back to score Oz the Great and Powerful. So they made they amends they made amends. Did, did they really? Are you sure that's not like Hollywood bullshit? Maybe it is, but
1: I know that it it, it was a, a mutual breakup for Spider Man okay, Three. Well, because sometimes it could just be like, you know, sometimes a person's like, I just don't want to do another fucking Spider-Man score. (laughs) Because he's kind of taking a seat back. He doesn't do as many superhero scores anymore. Because he used to be the superhero guy. And now he's like, no, I did the Avengers theme. I did the Avengers theme, and they paid me a lot to do Justice League. No, actually, Sylvester did the Avengers. Yeah, Yeah, but didn't Danny Elfman do the Avengers theme? No, he did Age of Ultron. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I thought they brought I thought they specifically brought him in for the Avengers theme. Like they just did the theme independently and then Alvin Silvestri did like the score of the movie. I don't think so. Okay. I I, yeah. I, I don't know. If if I'm wrong, no. I, I would be happy to be corrected.
0: I just know that I'm not.
1: I just always see him credited as the Avengers theme. That's so weird. So that could be like a weird out getting every no. parody song credit.
0: <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe. Um, so, but I actually think the score is pretty good
0: in this film too. Sometimes a little much, but for a it's, movie it's like a, this, it's kind of exactly
1: what it needs. Yeah, it's not like it's not jarring, yeah. but it's kind of jarring when it needs to be. Like I like the opening credits, which kind of work as like a like last time thing. Oh, yeah. oh, we didn't even talk about that in Spider Man too. Um, yeah, well, it's there too, but I, they do it better here, honestly really oh this is a take well because the last time it was really just like a recap it just kind of told us what happened this time like they literally start weaving in like the sandman and venom theme into the opening score i really love that a lot which i thought was really interesting because like it it foreshadows what's to come which they didn't do in the last movie they use use doc ox theme a little bit a little bit but not in the way that it's used here like like literally at some point the venom theme almost completely takes over um and honestly i was like all right i'm on board and then i lost me like 10 (laughs) minutes later Uh,
0: no okay you know what's weird i've been giving this movie a lot of credit the opening monologue hey that's me i was like "Ooh."
1: Mm, yeah yeah that's not a great not a um i will say uh one thing here's one thing in my notes i wrote sandman finally shows up Holy hell, we are 45 minutes into this thing and nothing concrete has been established. Yeah. Cool scene, though.
0: It's really hard to latch on to one consistent story or idea because they keep changing. Revenge is like a poison that can take us over. Before you know it, it can turn you into something ugly. <gasps> the suit. Where'd this come from? The power... Feels good.
1: Lose yourself to it. I got to talk about something. Is Bruce Campbell as the French Maitre D the key to all this? I'm gonna say
0: yes, just because I want to know where you're gonna take us. Because
1: he's he's a he's a man, uh, very clearly not a French man, pretending to be French. And Peter doesn't understand what he is saying, but goes along with him anyway. Much like how Peter and MJ don't understand what's going on with each other. And can't communicate. Just like he keeps miscommunicating with the French Mater D. We're through the looking glass here, people. (laughs) So that's the best scene in the movie. I like it. Yeah. Um I, I disagree with your hypothesis, but I like yeah, it. It's probably that uh, you can tell how bored I was that I even bothered writing that down in my notes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um but we do have to talk about the most controversial scene in the movie. Uh and that is Peter Parker strutting down the street being influenced by the symbiote.
1: Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that it's actually brilliant. It's pretty funny. Um, I think what people don't notice about it is that literally everyone that walks by him, like, looks at him like he's a jackass.
0: Yeah, no. Like, the movie's not saying he's cool. It's Peter Parker. Do you think that idiot knows anything about, like, endearing people?
1: (laughs) Well, one thing I want to say is a moment in this that, uh, is, like, it was almost, it was actually, like, genuinely hard to watch when MJ is being forced to break up with Peter. And not necessarily because, like, I'm, like, I believe in this love so much that I'm sad it's ending. It's just, like, I'm, like, oh, God, Peter Parker cannot handle what's about to happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> he does not have the emotional strength to handle being broken up with by the girl of his dreams. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, he can handle a lot. That's the one thing he's built not to withstand. <laughs> He's
0: probably been shot, stabbed, tossed off buildings. He stopped basically like the fastest train in New York City with his body, and yeah, no, that's the one thing that will break him. But I, I the whole idea about the the dancing scene is, you know, that it is a joke. Like, yeah, well, it, that I, that's, Peter Parker will the, not
1: understand what it's like to be cool. It's the thing people latch onto when they complain about this movie, and it's like that is not even a problem. <laughs> Like, this movie has problems. That's not one of them.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say the jazz scene that goes on later in the film when he goes out with Gwen starts off very strong, and then it goes on too long.
1: I no longer buy into it, and I'm not crazy about that. I'm definitely not either. I mean, I still remember the silence in the theater when that happened. You know, I was like, "Oh, this is this is a little heavy." And and that's like again another. That's a very I think big misstep of the movie because it's like. Again, you kind of need the symbiote to make Peter turn into a real asshole. Like, he can't do it naturally, because that's just not who he is. So, it kind of... It it shows that he could be that person, but deep down he really isn't. Um, Because we could all be, like, the worst versions of ourselves. But we have things that usually stop us from doing that. Things like ethics and morals and all that bullshit. When he slaps MJ, it's like... And then it's suddenly about like how he feels about it. Yeah, that's not great. But it's also like, he's like, oh, I, I, I flew off the handle, which is what like abusers say. Like, uh, like, I don't know. I just, that it all, it crosses a line kind of, um, that I feel like maybe you could make that work, but I'm not sure. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Um, It's the big red flag moment of, oh yeah, these are dudes writing this.
1: Yeah. The only other bigger red flag is when uh, someone stabs their significant other in the heart because they think they're going to be an evil person.
0: Oh, so you saw the Game of Thrones finale?
1: Yes, I did. Okay. (laughs) Peter schmoozes with Betty Brant in this. I want to bring that up. Oh, yeah. Um, That was not pleasant.
0: No, no, it wasn't. Like, they go too far in weird ways. Not Again, not because of the, the awkward dancing, which works as effectively as it needs to. That's it's really a... all they needed. Yeah. And then I do
1: I do like the idea of him bringing Gwen to the night, to the jazz club where MJ now works.
0: Yeah, like, that's about um. as much of an asshole as you needed to show him being, mm-hmm. you know? Like, maybe sw- switch over to MJ's perspective for a while and see, like, you know, because that, that's emotional abuse at that point. Yeah. On, like... Uh, towards MJ. So we need to see how she feels about it and we just never get that. We don't need to see her yeah. get hit by Peter.
1: We see her get kidnapped. Why do we? And then we get a 30 minute fucking fight and then the movie's over. Uh it's too long. I
0: do like that uh they decided that Harry would not go out as a villain though.
1: I do like that too. I did like him coming back at the end. Although I do not like the look of his green goblin. Uh yeah, it doesn't really work. I like the glider. Uh, but I don't like his, like, they just... I, yeah. it, it, he just looks like a, s- a snowboarder. Yeah, again, though, again, more like he keeps... Characters keep just disappearing from this movie. And, oh, my God, the Sandman and Venom meeting for the first time might be the worst film scene ever. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's it's not great, but it's not the worst scene ever. It's really bad. It's a low point of the movie it for me. It feels like it was like someone else directed that scene. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, it feels like an amazing Spider-Man scene.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. We cannot go there. That's that's not the case. It's
1: it's as bad as some of the best scenes in that movie. I'll say that.
0: (laughs) Um, What I do want to say is that ultimately the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy is about the choices people make, uh, their actions to do so, and the consequences of those choices and actions. And sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. And, um, I really like the end quote.
1: Whatever comes our way, whatever battle we have raging inside us, we always have a choice. My friend, Harry taught me that he chose to be the best of himself. It's the choices that make us who we are
0: and we can always choose to do what's right. Very on the nose. It is not as well written as some of the other stuff that we praise in Spider Man Two. But well, didn't I think Sandman just say that sometimes we don't have a choice? The the overall trilogy being about choice and and these poor people who just can't catch a break in their lives. Um, it, it makes this whole series break like, really. You, f- fucking you know, just punk. fill me with uh, <laughs> the love of movies. Like I, I'm really glad that this trilogy exists. It's too bad it didn't end maybe as well as it could have but I'm, I'm i'm happy to have them even in all with all their flaws and and all the issues this last one in particular has uh i i i am glad i revisited this and i'm glad i started the spider-man retrospective with you
1: i have to find it in my heart to forgive the filmmakers of this movie there you go that's your arc <laughs> not saying it's gonna happen you know though it's easy to forgive these people when you know what's coming next if you to, you, these movies make you love cinema. Next make you despise society. <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Uh,
0: one of us is a fan. One of us is not. I'm very curious about how it stands now. I might put out like a Twitter poll or something like that. No, everyone's going to say they love it.
1: Don't even bother.
0: That would know actually be kind of
1: cool. I would be very happy about that. I know how people react. <laughs> I know what the fuck is up. <laughs> Fucking people. Can you tell people what the fuck is up with where they can it's, find you? No. Stay away from me. <laughs> okay, Peter Parker. I'm shutting myself up. I'm closing myself off. This is a good note to end on before I leave for important business matters.
0: <laughs> well, and, maybe
1: you- we'll ne- and maybe we'll never return. No, you have to say
0: the, the quote from the end of the first Spider-Man now. Um... The human
1: spider, that sucks.
0: This could be the end of Spider-Man. Matt,
1: where can the people find you for real now? I'm at m at Twitter.com and YouTube and Patreon. Give money to the people who just watched Spider-Man 3 Find
0: <laughs> You can find me at Twitter.com slash crespo. Check out The Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, like, subscribe if you didn't like this episode. Like, subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional.
1: I'm through with love, I'll never fall again. Said adieu to love, don't ever call again.
0: For I must have you or no one, and so I'm through. My heart with icy frigidity, and I mean to.